I'm Dawn. And I'm Tracy. And we are Real Women. So hello, Dawn. How are you? Good afternoon, Tracy. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm fabulous and really excited because we're we're joined today by one of your friends, Heather Fisher, aka Fish. Welcome, Fish. Hey guys, how you doing? So the reason I'm excited, guys, is this is a lady that has played rugby for Great Britain and England at an international level. She's an Olympian, a Commonwealth medalist. She's been on SES Who Dares Wins, TV personality, media person. And we're talking all about body image. So it's good to have you here with us. Thank you, girls. Thank you very much. Actually, I'm got. It's actually interesting to talk about body image because the start of the conversation that the audience won't know about is femininity, and um, femininity. I've been asked recently to define femininity because they wanted me to be the face of like an advert that's coming out, and they said fish would be great for it because it's all about femininity. And instantly, I go. I'm not feminine, but then you break it down. You think, actually, what is it? What is what is femininity? And I think body image and femininity are two are two topics that almost synergize each other. Right? They come in sync, and I think it's a really up and coming topic because people in sport, I think, are, are boxed into this character of I'm strong, I'm determined, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, and they probably would put more ma- more masculine approaches next to it as opposed to femininity. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, you've only got to look, I mean, I know you've played rugby, but you look at the sport of football now and how prevalent that's now got for women footballers. And I think it's shown the world that just because you're female doesn't mean you can't be out there training your body the way a man probably would have done. Doesn't mean you can't get involved in sports that are traditionally male orientated and you can play those sports and still be feminine because it's, you know, we just, I think females are probably more conscious of body image than many males are, but that's the only distinction to me. Yeah. I think, I think for me personally, that the, the word on the street, I suppose, when I'm working with brands and collaborative people is you just take gender out of it. You don't really need gender. It's almost like I'm selected because of performance and because of what I bring to the party. And I'm going to be selected on my merit and what I do and how I'm going to hold myself and how you collaborate with people. Do we need to put a gender do we need to put a gender on things? I don't think we do personally. Um, however, you do you do feel like from a young age we're categorized guy and girl and and that's it, isn't it? So, so I think all of us in here at this point don't have any issues with the whole removal of gender. There's masculine energy, there's female energy, gender and sexuality have got nothing to do with that. So that's fine. Um, I suppose where the ignorance perhaps lies as a, as a heterosexual uh, person who identifies completely as a female, it's, um, I guess I, I look at your body, which is phenomenal, and and wonder how that uh, has an impact on your femininity. And by the way, Tracy, when I first met Heather, the very first time I met her, we had two martial arts centres at this point, and one of the classes was an it's MMA. Like favourite story, isn't it? It is. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And um, so Heather Fisher walks in, and I think, and this was many years ago, so I think... Her reasoning was MMA would be a good uh, cross train for rugby. 
So she walks in and we had a student called Omar, who is, he literally sprayed his pheromones everywhere with every step that he took was <laughs> a pheromone spray. And he was, you know, very, very massive. Anyway, he took this certain very masculine Greek godlike stance and peeled off his T-shirt but what and I was in my office and I had a big window in the office. So I watched this and laughed my tits off because Heather Fisher reflected his stance and she has no recollection of this. So she she didn't do it like it wasn't a conscious competitive thing, but she was in exactly the same stance as Omar and then peeled her T-shirt off and absolutely made Omar want to crawl into uh, corner and he'd got a six pack and everything and it was absolutely hilarious to the point that Omar came in afterwards and he's gone I've just had my masculinity entirely stripped by this fucking phenomenal woman um so so does I suppose you've been an athlete for so long now Heather uh I guess you don't consider the feminine or do you do you consider any femininity in the fact that you've got a very athletic body has it impacted that in any way I think it depends how you're going to define femininity and I think it depends on who defines it and, and we as society we've defined it haven't we we've put it we've yeah. put it in this bracket this is what you must look like this is how it must look and every woman should look like this and because yeah. of that we are feminine and actually if I think about if I think about that I challenge I've done nothing but challenge it my whole life not even like without even knowing I think what's difficult is that all I see is pretty simply I've played for my country I want to be strong because I want to be an athlete and take on my performance don't take on anything else I and a lot of I've got stress lost a bit of hair so I look more male because I've got no hair so if you want to judge me because I'm now an athlete with muscles and I've got no hair then call me mus like call me masculine if you wish like that's what I feel like what's happened if I broke it down into simple terms, but I, I don't think, I don't really think about what's femme and what's not. I don't really think about, I just think about where I want to go and it's driven by desire. It's driven by ambition. It's driven by wanting to be better. It's driven by wanting to compete with the best. And we all know, I'm not going to sit here and go, I'm the strongest guys. I hold my own and I'll hold myself with guys. Would a guy, could a buy, could a guy, oh my gosh, could a guy, beat me of course they could like any female could beat me any guy could beat me but take gender out of it like I'm there to be challenged as a human being and I think what happens is especially in male-dominated spaces like martial arts is one of them rugby is another one we seem to put I think more masculine people into those environments and that's how we that's how we I suppose box it up but for me it's more about being yourself and having a dream and having a goal and have ambition and I've always wanted to compete at the best and be the best full stop. And if that means that I've got a few muscles along the way, then hey-ho. I was going to say, I love this time, you know, this this era we currently have that, you know, as when I went to school, when my, my son went to school, there was this element of boys play rugby and football, girls play netball and hockey. What we've now got coming through with the the female sports players in what is traditionally historically seen as a male sport, we're actually showing younger people that it's not about whether you're male or female. You can be a footballer if you're a girl. You can be a rugby player if you're a girl. And hey, you know what, guys? It, just because you're male doesn't mean you can't go and do a female historical 
sort of recognize sport you know yeah this this subject is really interesting because as much as I find it really fascinating it really infuriates me because we're sitting here having a conversation about what's female and what's not and actually I think it should just it should just be for all it doesn't matter if you're a guy or girl I think the issues for me come in when you've probably got a slight transgender and you've got like you've got hormones coming into it because then it's drugs and then it's then it's if you're going against physicality in sport and you're going against each other then it's the health health side of it and just how you how you you know we should be able to especially in 2023 right we should be able to be in a society where it's for everyone um but i understand that it's not actually like that and it, and it should be and i don't understand why we're having conversations a bit like when we have conversations with brands because people are different would a difference crazy good right so why do we feel the need to have a conversation about something as opposed to just being it and i'm i suppose i'm on the end of i always have been i will just do it i won't have a conversation about it i don't feel the need for the conversation but it's not until I think there's an older generation out there that still feel like, well, that's very that and that's that's very that. And I think that 10 years down the line, we're going to see like gender fluid, literally. I think I think it will be very much like you're human. You're great at that. You're not so good at that. We're going to put you there, put you there. And, and people cross over sports and people cross over pathways. The absolute golden nugget. There's two from that. And the first is when you were describing earlier and I asked you the question if it impacted you and you'd said, you know, take me at my merit um, and I just need to be who I am. I think that there are lots of people in the workspace who aren't in sports who have body phobia, body issue, body dysmorphia, because we can, that's not just a, a, a female. That's not a sport thing, that's everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Every, I get that. Thing. Um, and so if you're in a corporate job or you're in a business meeting and you're conscious about your body, what I love about what you said, uh, um, Heather, is I just, this is my, how I look and what I am and how I am is is driven by what I want um, and, 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 and your insistence of being taken at your skills and your merit. And, and so therefore, if somebody was in a, say somebody was overweight and they were conscious of their body, and it impacted their confidence in business, where the confidence can come through then is, actually, you're not a fucking professional athlete. You, it doesn't matter that you're overweight. So people should take you at your merit. So I think that's... Uh... I think, no, it's it's totally said, but I think there is there is a massive pressure still in society from women. Like, we still... we I, I do still feel... I feel like I've lost sometimes collaborations with, uh, with brands and work with people because of the way I am because I'm not I'm not so-called what they want to see as feminine I think I, you know I've not fitted into those boxes because I'm not that girly type whereas I do I do I do still think there's so much of that around I just get frustrated talking about it so I've probably drummed into myself that it doesn't matter but it is still occurring and there is still a massive issue of how women look like I get body phobia and I will, I will very rarely in the summer have all my muscles out and I don't feel that I don't feel the need. I didn't. I I suppose I didn't get big or muscular or strong to be out there and to be looked at. I just want to be strong at my sport. So I think it also comes down to, like you said, like ambition and what you want. But when you talk about body conscious and the way people hold themselves and the way we get shy about body parts, I think that is normal for guys and girls. But a lot of people will hide it, and I don't believe in hiding. I just believe in being who I am, and if. If if that is out, that's out. If that's hiding, that's hiding. And whichever day is what I feel, right? Has 
losing your hair had any impact on your uh, beliefs over body image? Yeah, of course it has, because, you know, since losing my hair, you know, I lost my hair and I lost a massive part of my personality, massive part of my personality. And I've had to be brave about it and just carry on. But what choice do you have? You either carry on or you don't. The thing is, I didn't realise how much I was judged until I lost my hair, because then you suddenly you've got a strong female with muscles and you've got a bald female, completely bald. So it must be a man. It's got to be a man. Whereas I don't actually really care if I get called a man. What I care about is the fact that you've not thought enough about your actions to think about what you're going to say before you say it. That's what I care about. So it's almost like people are so ignorant that at the end of it is a person. It's like when you walk down the street and perhaps you see someone who's disabled. You know, it's like some people are too scared to look twice. And, and to, some people are too scared, so they look round afterwards. And whichever way you do it is rude. Why can't we just accept that we're inquisitive about it? And I'm happy to be curious and in, inquisitive, but you don't have to be rude with it. You don't have to be like, oh, what happened to your leg? Or why have you got no hair? Or have you got cancer? Because they've all got, they've all got feelings. People have got feelings. And I think people forget that even in a world that's so liberal and free, to be free is not easy. To be free is still hard to be free. We just choose to be free, but it doesn't mean it's easy because you've made a choice to be it. No, and there's the you know the, there's an individual behind everybody. It's see, I or I always hate it when when you're out and about in town and you can see people staring at other people because there may be some you know something different, unusual about them, and you will literally see people almost trip over themselves trying to stare at this poor person. And they're not poor at all. There are one, you know, we don't even know who they are underneath that body. Yeah, I think more than ever these days, like there's a, there's a story behind everyone. What yeah. I've, what I feel like I've seen is that we've gone from this this era where, because if I look back when I was young and I was starting out in the gym, I was like the only female in the weights area training at the age of thirteen, fourteen. So talking about quite a while ago now, probably twenty five years ago, right? And it was different then to have muscles. Then it became different to have muscles and playing a dominated sport for my for, for, for uh, like with you know obviously a male dominated sport like rugby. Then you get all the stupid questions like do you do, do you tackle like men do? Do you do you have the same rules as men? Like what the hell? Like we play rugby, right? Get a grip, right? So you have all that side of it. Then you've got on top of that, then you've I've lost my hair and we've moved on in a time in life where people are allowed to be different. But we've allowed people to differ because we talk about it. Yeah. But you talk about it, but the fact we're talking about it, I think we shouldn't be talking about it. And that's the problem. It's like saying, oh, we're all inclusive of, of colour and skin and race. We shouldn't be talking about it, should we? Like, we shouldn't be thinking, we, we if people are going on TV to do something, like, we oh, why are we trying to fit into a box then? Why are we trying to fit into a box? Why can't they just be a great character and boom, you're in? Like, why are we trying to... I know we're trying to represent everybody, but actually, I think these days it's really hard to represent everybody. And I think there's an undercurrent of an older generation that still think we're trying to represent as opposed to the younger generation who are just representing. Yeah. Do you think on the basis then that that older generation, I mean, they are now, you know, 70s, 80s, and it's only going to be, what, another 10, 20 years or so before that generation has naturally sort of no longer with us do you think that will change as the older generation sort of die out for want of a better term yeah no I do think it will actually I think it I think I think it will naturally but I feel I still feel like when you work with brands when you work with people it's like oh we want a story like and everyone who's different's got a story 
but I'll challenge and go some people who are normal, who how do you define normal these days, right? Yeah, what is normal? normal? Have stories, but actually we don't even speak about their stories. And actually they become an outcast probably because we don't even speak about them because they just fit in. So I just think these days I feel like there's 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 different layers to it, right? There's like the layers of people who are different. Like I I feel different and I know I look different. So I feel it. But then if I'm okay with it and people I surround myself with are okay, but why are we trying to define it anymore? Why are we trying to talk about it even more? Like I don't, you probably tell from the tone of, of, of me talking today, I don't enjoy talking about it because actually I shouldn't have to talk about it. I shouldn't have to. This is more because... I, I'm because I've been asked to do it, if I'm honest, as opposed to, oh, yeah, cool, what a great pod. Because we shouldn't be talking about it because I should just fit in society because I'm different and different from what everybody wants right now. Yeah. And actually, but that was in, in, it's exactly almost what was our motivation for talking about it. The motivation is to get somebody on who does look different and how it shouldn't make a difference. And I think if there was other people who are listening, who are having issues in their own beliefs because they look different or they feel they look different or they feel conscious. I think it's fucking inspiring that that somebody like you can stand up and say, you can't tell me about looking different. I do look different. But let me tell you that we shouldn't be having this conversation. That in itself, you standing up saying we shouldn't be having the conversation in itself is actually a marvellously inspiring uh, route to go down within the cause of moving towards an era where we don't judge people on that do you think do you think we will ever because human beings we do judge we like we do so so for example so Heather sometimes trains with my husband if you'd have walked in and I ripped his pants the other day did you know <laughs> it was absolutely mortified he went dawn he was crying and he was laughing he's gone dawn at the most horrific things i've happened today he said me and heather were doing a grapple and she pulled me and my she ripped she ripped my trousers down and i'm like oh my god (laughs) but so i've got he had pants on yeah so in terms of imagine you'd have gone in so h has still got the brain and the skills that he's got but he he didn't look like a coach Let's be let's be really really uh, inappropriate. Now he was he was really fat and he was out of shape and he was you know just didn't look like. Would you have uh, had as had as much respect for him in his knowledge base? We shouldn't maybe even talk about age, but you know in uh, yeah, what, I, I get it. Knowledge, probably, and the fact is, the fact is probably not. I remember once having a nutritionist who was fat. And right. I remember thinking. Why would you have a fat nutritionist? Or why why would you do that? But then it shouldn't stop somebody's knowledge. But actually, it does. But I think it depends. It depends what where the judgment is coming from as well. Like, like I believe in just hearing somebody's story or speaking, like asking the question before we judge. That's the hard thing. If I had known, if I had like, let's be honest, H is probably only a few years from looking old, right? So if if H is a few years from looking old, don't let him listen to this. <laughs> and actually, in a few years' time, I'm going to have to hang around with him looking pretty old and shabby. Do you know what I'm saying? But I know where he's been. I know where he's been. I know where he's walked. I think that's the difference. It's where someone's come from, not exactly where they are right now. So for me, it isn't about always looking the part. Like We always can't look the part. Like People expect athletes to always have six-packs. At the moment, I've probably only got a five-pack, right? 
And that's, that is okay for now. But if I'm going to put myself in a situation where I'm going to be doing something, then I expect to up my game. For me, it's about where someone has, the, the, the road that someone's been on or the knowledge that they've got or bought or the ambition they've had and still, and, and carrying across, right? Because there has to be this carryover. For me, it's about that as opposed to judging from exactly how they look. Yeah, I love that, Heather, because if you take that example of nutritionist, yes, right now when you look at them, they might be large and you go, how can they be qualified to give me nutritional advice? But for all we know, they've dropped from 30 stone to 18 stone. We don't know their backstory. It's weird though, isn't it? Because even when you say that to me, I sit here and go, do I really mean what I've just said first? (laughs) I am a bit fattest. Like I, sorry, but you can edit this out. But like, I just feel like if someone doesn't look after themselves, it's a lack of discipline on themselves. So how am I supposed to have discipline with you or in a relationship with you yeah. or work alongside you? If you can't look after yourself, how do you, that says that for me says a lot, but then that's, I'm from that discipline background and you look after yourself and, and you are your own discipline. So I do struggle with, well, if I think about people who are overweight, for instance, it's not actually about the weight. I spoke to HR this other day in the gym. It's about the values that are behind where they are. So why someone, why someone where they are? And this also comes down to perception. The values of I'm true to myself because I lost my hair. I had to learn to be true to myself. Would I have been true to myself before I lost my hair? I don't know, but I don't think so because I didn't really think about it. I didn't need yeah. to think about it. But when something happens to you or you, you know, maybe you go and you go, you're in the military and you lose a limb or you're disabled or something happens to you or you lose your hair or you have cancer and your image changes, then you're forced to think about something that you probably never thought you had to think about. And then you start to realize what a judgmental world we live in. Until then, you've got other people floating around like little minions in this world who haven't had any issues, haven't learned the values of discipline, haven't learned the values that are really true to who they really are, and therefore don't really care because they've not really had to think about it. So there wouldn't be impact. I, I love that. I think it is more, you know, it's not about male, women, disabled, not. It's that being true to who you are, be who you are. And when society can get to a space where it doesn't judge people for being who they are, then I think we'll be living in a great world. I think that's the difference. Like when you, when you, and you know, I think we all learn stuff, don't we? Like when, when you started this podcast like 20 minutes ago, it is about perception and how, how feminine someone is. But when actually I really think about identity and where the road I've come on, especially, especially with losing my hair in a male dominated environment, I felt my best when I just had to accept who I was because of what had happened to me. And when when something happens to you, you know, you like you both know it changes your world and it changes your pathway. And you're forced to think on you're forced to think outside the box if you want to if you want to carry on and be successful in, the, in where you are in life. Right. So I think that forces you to think. And then what you're forced to because it happens to yourself I really believe you have responsibility. So we have responsibility of now for women to to encourage other women to be true to who they are. We have responsibility with our power to change the world. And if we can't do it, then how can we expect generations and people around us to to be educated and and change their lives? And I think what's... what we're circling all the way back where we we acknowledge that it's not nice to judge but equally we acknowledge that everybody we do judge even those of us that are you know 
we do judge we do judge so if even those of us that are progressive and generous in that situation actually strip back we do judge there's probably a very small chance that anytime soon society as a whole will stop judging however for me the magic the sprinkling of magic in that is regardless as to whether anybody else is judging or not can we start with not judging ourselves and I think that's, that's the hardest thing right that's really yeah, hard yeah, yeah. that's where the empowerment is and and the more people that can embrace loving themselves and accepting themselves and 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 sort of you know doing that then they're less likely to judge other people and that's the way society will reduce in judgment it starts with us not judging ourselves and that's and that's really hard to do because you think about like just take physical activity and the way we look right like the way we're forced to look by maybe society and the way people think what's in fashion and how we dress and how we hold ourselves. Like if I don't train, I don't feel good in myself. I feel fat. I don't, I feel the need then to not probably to wear more clothes or to do things differently because I feel where I feel. But then there's not many people who actually go, Oh, you know what? I feel a bit like this. I'm going to do something about it. And the going to do something about it in any walk of life is what I feel, especially coming out of sport. People are so frigging lazy. People people who play for their country, people who represent their country, right, don't do it for medals or don't do it for money. You don't, you don't do it for that reason. You, you've done it because you want to be the best you can be. Medals and money is always a second part of it. And then you retire because you need it because you can't carry on with nothing, right? So if you think about that space, people who don't feel the need to best themselves, there's nothing There's nothing pushing them to, to change it. They still get paid. They still go back to their families. They still go back to doing what they do. Like, they're just not very happy, but they cope with it and they just stay with it because they can't be bothered. Whereas in, in sport, you kind of have to. If you want to be at the top of your game right in sport, you kind of have to be it. And you can't expect to... You can't expect to be in something unless you give your absolute all in sport because you wouldn't be in there because there's no point. No, it was quite interesting. Something you said as you were telling us about that, this, you know, I'm going to do something about it. I think that's the big problem, the word going. If you just change that one sentence to I'm doing something about it, you're more likely to get off your ass and go and do something about it. Yeah, I think for me, like, like since retiring, I've noticed that, number one, I'm not sure what normal is, but people are so normal. Number two, people don't have the ambition. And number three, people can't handle pressure. So if they've got one big thing on, it like, bam, takes over the whole world. Whereas I'm like, we're used to juggling five or six different things and they're all priority. There's not like one top, one bottom. They're just all priority and we have to handle them. And people can't seem to handle pressure. But then unless you really handle top pressure, that skill set is like proper unique. And people, people just don't, it's like you only know what you know. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, if you've not experienced it, how can you expect someone to understand pressure of there's no there's no pressure when you're still gonna get paid, when you're still gonna go home and you, you're not challenged, nothing's challenged. Like whatever motivates you. I say about the pay because pay at the moment, I think for a lot of youngsters challenges a lot of people to go more independent and set up their own businesses rather than work for somebody else because they can't be bothered to work because of the mindset, but then you've still got to earn the right. 
Yeah. And that own the right with your guy or girl, shit hot your job or not, you've got to earn the right to go and to, to go and be someone. But to be someone that comes back to your values and your values come back for me or all about being yourself. That's cool. Love that. I want to take this a slightly different space, if I may now, because you mentioned earlier about being a 13-year-old in in the gym. Um, and we mentioned at the top, you know, you've You've played uh, rugby for England, Great Britain. I think it was 2016. You were in the Olympics for your country. What was the driving force for that 13-year-old girl going into that that gym and becoming an athlete? I wanted to change the world. It hasn't changed. I wanted to change the world. I wanted to, to be someone. I wanted to springboard to another level, and I knew I could do it. That was it. That was all it was. It was pretty simple. And it was like most I think most 13 year olds would probably go, I want to do it. Can't really bother where I was. I was very much of the mindset of I wanted to. So, Hey, I may as well start right now. And that was just the way I was. And I've been like that ever since. And it is a mindset, but it's also, there are days when I can't be bothered. There are days where I have to understand whether I'm being lazy or whether I actually generally am not very well or feeling under fatigue. I have to really understand my own body, but you also have to understand like the why and what drives you. Like my why is going to be very different to your why, right? But my why for me was very much about emotion. It's very much led by my childhood, very much led by things that I was unhappy with in my own life. And I felt a personal responsibility to change it because no one else could change it for me. And for some reason, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I just felt like I was the only one who could change it. and No one else was going to do it for me. And so I better start getting to work now. And then I can springboard to the next stage when when I'm ready to. And I always saw I always saw rugby my sport. Also as so always saw it as like a springboard. Like I always knew that women's sport would always struggle in my era. I knew I was capable of multiple Olympics, if I'm honest. I just so happened to pick a sport that wasn't in the Olympics till 2016. Um but World Cups for me, I've I've done five World Cups, but World Cups were never were never never had the same feeling in my belly and my heart as Olympic Games. Um, I just saw the cream of the cream and the best athletes push themselves so hard. And I want to be that athlete that pushed themselves, put women on the map to show them like females could do it too. And when I when I went to SAS and I did SAS Who Dares Wins, it wasn't about winning. It wasn't about getting to a final. It was about putting women on the map and being level with the guys, whatever physical they did, I did with them. And I was not going to let guys just run ahead of me and, and set set the marker, full stop. Wow, love it. And I know you've you've achieved so many great things, you know, when we, when we look at, you know, doing what you've done, Olympian, Commonwealth, representing your country, they're all great achievements. But I'm intrigued to know what has been your most memorable achievement. You know what? People ask this question all the time, and this, one, this answer never changes. It's actually the most memorable is all the hurdles that I've overcome which is probably why they're so much easier to talk about than if you, any, any speaking I do, I don't really speak on positives because it's almost like, um, that's the easy bit. Like go, go represent my country on a, on a, on a any day is never a chore. And yes, it's memorable. Yes. It's great winning medals. And yes, that's brilliant. But I am I, the most memorable and the most proudest is the journey I've been on because as an individual, I could have stopped at so many points and, I've had a low immune system. I've lost my hair. I've been dropped from squads eight months before Olympic Games. 
you know, I've had major injuries, major setbacks, a lot of issues behind the scenes with parents and and divorces, et cetera, et cetera. Most of which I don't talk about because I'm so embarrassed because it's like, not that we shouldn't go through shit, but I've gone through so much that some of my teammates used to say to me, Fish, I don't actually know how you do that bit because of all this lot. There's so much of it. But I am probably really embarrassed about all my, the back, the all, everything I've gone through because it's so much. Like it would put my family, I feel like, it made it look like like crap. And they're really supportive, but frigging out, they're hard work. And I feel proud that I've gone through everything I've gone through because I don't think, when I look back sometimes, I'm not sure how I quite did it. I think what's uh, really, um, firstly, thank you for being so vulnerable, Heather, because that that was um, almost beautifully vulnerable. Uh, I mean, I've met Heather's mum uh, just a couple of times and, and she's, she's lovely. Um, and I think why I wanted to say that is I think that, again, society judge normal family and, and, and actually... Uh, shit happens uh, shit happens tracy has got a whole backstory that i'm sure she wouldn't want to publicly my family my you know uh, and it had n- none of it had anything th- you know everybody had jobs and nice houses and nice cars and everything looks rosy from the outside but i think uh, i think that we all or i think a lot of people uh, have have backstories and those of us who operate those of us who are able to find a place where we can operate from a higher space can take those adversities and, as you say, Heather, uh, ch- channel them into uh, how, how, how it can catapult us into being better people. I, I call it my fuel. I think our backstories and the right. adversities, it's our right. fuel. It totally is. There it totally is. When, you know, when I chose to retire, I ran out of fuel. That was why I remember thinking I've got nothing to prove. So nothing to prove, nothing to show, nothing to fight for. I'm okay. Was the with everything opposite to that was a fuel that fueled me, and I kept going until I felt like I was in a place where I where I had all that, you know. Yeah. Which is actually really selfish, isn't it? You think about it. Like I didn't play for my country for my country. I played for it because I knew I had to get out of the mess I was in. But the mess I was in wasn't created by me. I was just a product of all the mess going on around me, and and. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of it. I don't. I don't think I've really ever shared it with anybody. Like, I don't. I'm not sure if I ever will because I just think it's there's so much to it. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, I think often our successes are driven from moving away from something more. You know, they always say a limp. You know, a lot of Olympians. I think it's Michael. It might come from the Mel, Michael Phelps story, but a lot of Olympians are driving towards something, that gold medal, that accolade. But actually, in reality, I think a lot of successful people, whether they're Olympians or business or or finance, whatever, a lot of it is about getting away from the adversity they've been through. Yeah, I think there's, there's, definite, there's a definite mindset shift in life where athletes have it, where you're driving away, but you're going towards a positive, you're yeah. so positive with it. But yet you kind of sometimes forget that actually all this driving over here is is what's creating the force to get there, that at some point you have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, yeah, I think it's a really interesting, that's probably a really interesting chunk is, like you said, going going away from something, but going towards something is probably what drives that success, right? And take gender out of the equation again, whether you're a guy or a girl, you take gender out of it, that's, you're just a pretty strong human being, right, mentally? Yep. Yeah, and it is. I love that. It's, 
you know, what started it, what might have fueled that movement might have been what you wanted to get away from. But at the end of the day, we still need something to go towards. Otherwise, we don't keep up the momentum. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting concept, that one. So in terms of um, if you were to, as an official person who looks different, Miss Fisher, <laughs> in all your glory of differentness. You never had all your hair. Obviously, should we should do it? We you wouldn't be you, Heather. You no, would not be you be with you. all that hair. <laughs> It'd slow you down on the rugby pitch. That would. <laughs> and that's Have just on you. your head, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got uh, Tracy? Let me introduce you to Heather Fisher, who is uh, the raunchiest person that I know, and says the most inappropriate things all the time. Um, and we've managed to get through a whole podcast without her thoroughly embarrassing me, my husband, or anybody else that she may <laughs> come into contact with. Um, so, I mean, the golden nuggets for me is you know, be driven, be driven towards something positive, regardless as to where you've come from, be grateful for those adversities and channel it into strength and, 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 and move towards something positive. I love the bit where regardless as to who you are, man, woman, corporate, sports person, whoever, um, and if you have some body image issues, uh, take solace in that people should take you for your merit um, and also the starting point for a better society probably starts that we stop judging ourselves. As you go forward now, you've not only got all of these things to, you know, re reconcile, uh, but your identity once again is going to change as a human being because you're now out of professional sports. Has that had an impact on you significantly? If it has, how are you? And I'm saying this because you've got people out there who get made redundant from a corporate job or, you know, their their job that they do has become part of their identity. And when that's over, how do you deal with that? A lot of pottering and gardening. Oh, I love gardening too. <laughs> whether it's whether it's picking up some leaves, right, or tidying up an area, it's that sense of achievement. Like, you can't, there's no bones about it. Like, when you're tired from sport, you're fucking lost. You lost. It's been a year now, and I'm, I'm still lost. But any any golden opportunity that, that props up into my life, I'm like I latch onto of dear life, thinking this could be it. This could be the next part. This could be the next part. This could be the next part. And there's a few exciting parts coming up as you'll know, Dawn. But like it doesn't. They can't make or break you, but they kind of are making or breaking me because it's like I'm trying to latch on this identity of I was this, but. I could be this and that's pretty cool. But if I don't get that, then what am I? I'm not really sure I am. And there's, there is a lot to be said about accepting where I am right now at the present moment and being content with where I am. But the facts are I'm not happy and content with where I am right now. Not because I'm not happy in my life, but I want to change the fucking world. And if you want to change the fucking world, I've got to do more. It's pretty simple. So it comes back to that part of what does someone want to do? I just don't know where it's going to be channeled just yet. The sad thing is that the journey takes time and you can't rush time. The hardest part, I think, is time and patience. But then it's also exciting that I came out I came out of sport in July and then in February I was already recording for Go Hard or Go Home on BBC Three. Um, that was a great opportunity that, that came my way straight away. And that's all about mentoring young people and being strong physically and mentally. So that was like a massive tick in the box. 
But if I fast forward now another 12 months, I don't know where I'll be. And that's really exciting, but it's really scary. You think about everyone in sport, especially myself, I've had a schedule since probably the age of 16. I've had a schedule that tells me when, when to wake up, where to be, what to do every day of my life, every day of my life for like 25 years. And now I don't have anyone telling me where to be, what to do. And it's so easy to like, it's so easy not to commit. So half my issue since retiring is probably commitment, committing to something because I've never had to work on committing because I've just done it. Now I'm having to choose where to commit as well, which is also really hard. I've never had a choice because I just threw myself into England rugby. Whereas now I'm like balancing so many different things. It's like, where do I choose to commit? So identification, like identifying who I am is a massive issue. I think commitment with where I'm going, massive issue. Understanding of how I look and how much am I training now compared to what I was and understanding my body image now as a retired athlete is still an issue. Um, But the positives are, is that I'm on a journey and I'm always going to be okay because I'm never not going to be okay because I won't allow myself to be. That is such a, and and it's such a translatable. Thank you for that, actually, uh, Heather. I think that will touch an awful lot of people's hearts and minds because um, your story essentially can be transferred to so many people's, the way they think. Um, and and just your resilience to it and your honesty because there's a bit of me that thinks there'll be somebody out there listening thinking fuck she was an olympic athlete and she's she's admitting that right now where she is right now she's struggling with this and struggling so so a i'm not on my own this is a human thing that i'm going through but actually she's another example of somebody who is going to overcome it with so much resilience. And, and if she can do that, I could do that too. And that's, um, that was pretty marvellous. What well, was bloody marvellous. I mean, even it, it, it got me thinking back to when I got made redundant and who am I now? I've not got that job and that schedule. So I'm, I'm absolutely certain there's listeners out there that even if, you know, no matter what sector they're in, they will resonate with what you've just said, Heather. Absolutely. But phenomenal. I feel so honoured. And I've got something to close with because one of the things we giggled about before we started recording was the fact that Dawn already knows Heather, um, hadn't gone and Googled her, got a pricey from Dawn about what she does. Dawn had never told me that Heather is an Olympian and played you rugby know. and played sport. She never shared any of it. But while we've been on air, I went and Googled, as you do. And there was something phenomenal that I found when I Googled. And I thought, is that just a byline? It isn't. Having sat and chatted and had the pleasure of listening to the Heather, it is actually Heather. And it is this. If you go and Google Heather, one of the things that comes up is this. Work hard, be brave, believe in yourself. That is definitely what comes from you out of every poor Heather. And I think it's amazing. Thanks, babe. Well, it's just it's about being authentic, isn't it? Yeah. Nothing, there's nothing out there that is like, nothing out there is like magic. It's not like new words, is it? But there's a massive, there's a massive, I think, uh, headspace around wanting to be better, right? There's so many young people now who are struggling or don't have money or or want to move out and haven't got what they want or haven't haven't maybe got to the start in university they want to be at or haven't got the academy contract or the scholarship, right? And they just go, oh, wasn't meant to be. I, I struggle. I don't understand that. I don't understand why it wasn't meant to be when you just keep going. So if you keep going, then it's meant to be. 
think it's too easy to quit these days. That's the truth. I think it's too easy to quit and just go, I've tried. You can't have tried because if you tried, you'll still be trying now, which means you'd end up somewhere else. Because anywhere you go, you'll end up somewhere if you keep trying. It's the fact that people just keep, like, people just think it's an option to just stop and just quit. And I don't understand. I physically don't understand the mentality because we all have bad days. I'm not sitting here saying, someone might be listening, saying, like, they might have a um, horrendous illness, have nothing to live for. But if I got a last week, one week to live, friggin' hell, I would do so much. So there's always some, there's always a reason to do something and to be better and inspire someone before we go. And I just feel like it's too easy to give up. And I, that mentality is something I don't even know how to speak about because I, I genuinely don't know what, I don't genuinely know how people can just give up. But too many people do give up. Yeah, so true. Heather, it has been an absolute privilege. No worries. Absolutely. So, Dawn, another episode done. Uh, absolutely amazing person for our listeners to listen to. And on that note, I'm going to say thank you very much, Heather. Thanks, guys. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you for your company. And to share your spandex and stiletto stories with us, tag at Real Women Podcast on Instagram.